You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Half hour! Hello and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie Grass, Artistic Director. And I'm Jeff Malone, Executive Director. Welcome to our Recap Scoop podcast for Friday, June 4th. We're in a new month. We're entering summer in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. It is uh, Pride Month. We have right. lots of things going on in the theater and music world to talk to you about today. So welcome. We hope you enjoy our podcast yes. today. So we're going to bounce. Speaking of Pride Month. We're going to yes. bounce right over to um, what you want to talk about first today, which is... Well, for Pride Month, I think I'm going to spotlight for the next couple of weeks a uh, different queer artist in the space that I'm loving right now. Okay, amazing. Love to hear it. So, this first artist that I'm going to highlight this week is named Vincent. Mm-hmm. He is a out um, gay black man. Mm-hmm. Um, he came into the scene back in, I think, 2018, where he first appeared on this show called The Four. Okay, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I think I kind of Vaguely, remember yeah, it a yeah. little bit, mm-hmm. but I didn't watch it. It's one of those reality singing competitions. I don't really know what the show format is, but I do know that Vincent did not win the show. Okay. So, just, you know, prefacing this here. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so Vincent has now gone on to release and actually self-release his own music and music videos. And let me tell you, he is delivering the bops. The bops. <laughs> the bops. <laughs> uh, some of my standout tracks from Vincent are, one, his most recent track, Higher, featuring Alex Newell, um, also part of the community. And that is a dance track that I definitely cannot wait to get on the dance floor and dance to. Uh, let's talk about that in Fire Island. And, yes. Uh, He also just did the theme, well, I think Be Me, which is another track, um, became the theme for Queer Eye Season 5, which this was on his most recent EP, and um, another bop. And then lastly is my favorite, Remember Me, which I actually believe is his first track um, that I, also the first track that I started listening to. So lots of cool music that Vincent's putting out. I'm really excited to see what he's going to bring to the pop industry. Um... There was an article um, with Refinery29, and uh, there were some cool things that he talks about in this um, article and uh, in this interview. And he was like, one of his standout moments for him as a child was when he was sitting in the backseat of his father's white and blue Cadillac, and he was singing along to Whitney Houston's I Believe in You and Me from Mm -hmm. The Preacher's Wife. Okay. So that's 1996. But his father heard his voice and was like, oh, my son has talent. Mm. And he brought him right to the record store. He brought him, bought him the soundtrack for The Preacher's Wife. And that's where he really fell in love with pop music and the pop music divas. And I think we all kind of have those experiences in our life where we, we really fall in love with these pop divas. And he, that's where he went on to love Mariah, Patti LaBelle, Aretha, Celine Dion, because it was his mother's favorite. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wasn't she everyone? Right, right, right. And right, right. Um, then, of course, leading to Beyonce. Um, and he was like, with all of these women in his life, he, his sound, he wants, he, he really wanted to aspire and sound like them when he started putting out music. So uh, that's kind of like the little story that I wanted to give you here, because I think when you listen to a lot of his tracks, you, you get that sound. And one, another thing that he said in the, um, interview was that he should there, there shouldn't be any binary in pop music mm, mm-hmm. usually we have this male style of pop music and then this female style and he wants to be in the middle 
And I thought that was really cool. I thought the article that you were um, you were sharing was interesting because they talked about how some of the producers people wanted him to go to the R&B and gospel oh, route I know, yeah. and wanted to just go there because, oh, you're, I don't, for many reasons, but maybe because they just thought that was the best route for him. He's like, no, I don't need to do R&B and gospel. And then some people didn't like that he said that and whatever. Right. So it's like, yeah, we don't need these molds of, oh, you look like this or you sound like this, so you should only do this, yeah. right? You should be able to and that be was malleable. When he was on the show, they wanted him to stand out and do gospel and um, R&B and like, Everyone does that. Yeah, yeah. He's different. He's cool, and it's fun. Um, and another, like, very progressive thing that he says is, like, too often the black and queer experiences we hear and see on screen and on the stage are stories of pain and hardship. And he's like, queer black joy is hard to come by. That's why Vincent is on a qu constant quest for more. I'm black. I know I'm gay, he says, but that's not all that I am. Mm. Sometimes it feels like the world is like, why would you be happy? But why wouldn't I? Mm. It's fair to only show the pain and how far we overcame. Our whole lives shouldn't be about overcoming because, God damn it, it's very tiring. Mm, mm. So that's, like, super powerful to hear that. I, I totally agree. It's, like, it's really, really cool to see someone who's very proud of who they are and black and queer. And they're just putting happiness out there yeah 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 so and it's great vibes the music sound i love that higher song i think it's great oh yeah um stuff will definitely will be listening to this summer for sure and i love hearing alex newell on that yeah too. he's so talented another too, one yeah. that maybe i should spotlight yeah um, yeah this maybe, month maybe. because yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. so many so many great things yeah, about alex yeah. newell as well but yes love vincent so great there we go all right good all right good i'm, I'm looking forward to listening to more of him for sure <laughs> all right moving forward to my lane another singer very different singer um, here. <laughs> Barbara Streisand's in the news, everyone. Alert the media. Stop the presses. Barbara Streisand's in the news. Not for cloning her dog this time, but instead because she's announcing a new album. It's called Release Me 2. Um, it's going to be an album of previously unreleased tracks. So I'm going to read you a little bit about this article about this. She announced this album. Um, it will be featuring, as I said, fe previously unreleased tracks from her vaults. The album will be released on August 6th. Mm -hmm. um, it will... Uh, Streisand's first Release Me album was released in September 2012. I don't know if you knew that. And contained tracks recorded between her 1967 Simply Streisand and her 2011 What Matters Most albums. Okay. So she's already done a Release Me. So this is Release Me 2. <laughs> and she did this amazing Insta Twitter post and the album art looks so Andy Warhol and Gorge. I do love the album art. Yeah. And so I will like to say she did release one duet with Willie Nelson. There's going to be some more songs coming out. So there's already one song available. Um, but let me just remind our audiences some of the facts about Miss Bob. The best selling female recording artist in history. Let me say that again. The best-selling female recording artist in history, Streisand partnered with some of Hollywood's biggest stars, I'm reading the article here, to sing Broadway Classics, her latest album, Encore. And she had many other albums, too, and many of them went multi-platinum. But the interesting thing, um, hold on, I'm turning my pages here, was Streisand had her most recent album was Walls, that came out in 2018. Um, she, had, with, she has the longest span of number one albums in history. Mm -hmm. Streisand has recorded 52 gold, 
31 platinum and 13 multi-platinum albums in her whole career. She is the only woman to make the all-time top 10 best-selling artist list, an honor which includes people of duet partners, fellow duet partners of hers, Elvis Presley and Billy Joel. Streisand also has the longest span of number one albums in history, just under 50 years. She, um, just to tie this into the theater, she made her Broadway debut in 1962 with a musical title, I Can Get It For You Wholesale, and then she returned to The Great White Way in 1964 for Funny Girl. Um, and I don't think she ever came back to Broadway after that. Um, so I'm reading a lot of this amazing Broadway World article that you can go check out, but um, I think it's, here's my opinion on this. She, we saw her in tour maybe five years ago now, six years ago, something like that. She did a, a comeback tour. She came to Brooklyn. So cool to see her in her Brooklyn roots doing that. You know, this woman is legendary in just film and in directing and film and starring and theater and doing so many things. And for her to release, listen, I'm really excited to hear unreleased tracks. Why not? She's got tracks sitting around. Why wouldn't she do this at a point? Mm -hmm. She can't tour right now. Maybe in a year or two, she'll announce another tour. We went. It was expensive. It was sold out. I mean, it's clearly a thing. People are buying the music still. I know we live in this streaming world, but her fans are still purchasing this music, um, which I think is really amazing that, like, she's able to like, still have fans to do that mm-hmm. for, you know? Um, she's certainly um, really talented, and I think that every... It's cool that she, at her age she's still coming out with these things, but when you read those facts, you realize, wow, she is really an amazingly strong female singer for a long time span. She's constantly re- releasing these huge albums and these, and, these, and these hits, hit after hit after hit, I'm a huge fan, clearly. Um, what do you think? I know we don't have, we'll have to listen to the album when it comes out in August, but what do you think of this news? What do you think of her announcing this? What do we think? I think it's fine. I, at this point, it's like, no one should be stopped at doing whatever they want to do. Right. So, it's Barbara. She could do whatever she wants to do. You don't have to like it. I mean, but many people will love it. And um, I one thing I did love with it was that... Um, it's like I feel like these, like the title of the album, "Release Me." It's like these tracks are yelling at her, "Release me!" Yeah, these right. Are, I, it was recorded. Please, just release me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I find it. I don't really find anything groundbreaking with a lot of the music that she's been releasing recently. The latest stuff. But, yeah, I think she's doing more like duetting. She's doing old. You know, a lot of this album is old songs. Yeah. She it, she kind of talked about how this is like a little bit of a trip down memory lane. It's not like let me release new sound. It's like let me do what I've always done and what I love and what I want to continue doing in a new album. Not right. just you know. And so, I think that's that's made for the fans. So if if that's what you love about Barbara, then that's I mean, what you love. Just these two facts alone, the longest span of number one albums in history. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's well, she a has lot an amazing fan base. Amazing fan base. And the other fact, the only woman to make the all-time top 10 best-selling artist list. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're up there with Elvis Presley and Billy Joel and there you are as the only woman up there. I mean, we've had a lot I'm, I'm I'm sure there will be other women on that list eventually. I mean, there's so many eventually, women now, but, but I mean, also it, it kind of it harps a little bit on the whole album in general mm. because a lot of artists are moving away from the album. Mm-hmm. So right, to right. break records, you still have to make albums. If you're not going to make the album and you're just going to release singles, then you're not going to ever pass. Right, right. But if you're going to release albums, 
Taylor Swift. I just, if you're gonna, <laughs> well, then maybe you might pass her one day. <laughs> my my thing is, um, they keep trying to do like a gypsy movie remake. And Barbara was in the news about that like ten years ago, trying to either direct it or star in it or both. Would love to see her do something like that. Would love to see her do. I mean, I'd love to see her come back to Broadway. I don't know if, when, how. I, it's just, it's amazing that you started your career on Broadway in the 60s and you never came back. Mm. So, Barbara, come back so we can see you in a Broadway show and do a movie musical. Get an Oscar. Like, do it. Like, Gypsy, I mean, oh my God, could you imagine a movie remake of Gypsy? We got the, <laughs> you um, cry. we have the old one. We you have the, the late, the 90s one with Bette Midler. I mean, we have some film versions, but I love um, that show. Anyway, that's yeah. the Barbara update. It was nice Barbara. to see that in the news this week. Love my babs. Yeah. All right, where are we going next? We're going over to Grammy Land Grammy next. Uh, last week we talked about the Tony Awards, and this week we're talking about the Grammy yeah. Awards for different reasons. Mm-hmm. But um, the Grammys announced that they are making some rules to the 2022 Grammy Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is that they are scrapping the nominations review committee. This means that the nominations in all of the Grammy Award general and genre fields will now be determined by a majority peer-to-peer vote of voting members of the Recording Academy rather than the decade-old or decades-old anonymous voting structure. Mm. So a lot of people had been, I guess, a little disappointed in the anonymous thing because you don't really know who's voting for what, and they still think that there's it's messy. Mm. Many people don't like it, mm. and albums usually get snubbed or singles get snubbed because of that process. And now it's going to be all out in the open, so nothing... Okay. will be hidden. Okay. Another big thing is for the album of the year category, it's getting some major changes, um, which for the first part is any producer, songwriter, engineer, or featured artist on an album not any, nominated for album of the year will also earn a nomination, even if they only oh. worked on one song. Previously, nominations were only awarded to personal um, people who were credited for 33% or more of the album's okay. playing time. So now, this is interesting, because go, go back to Tony land. Yeah. When I would always talk about, oh, every single person's up on that stage for, the best the, musical, for a best musical. Yeah. Now, this is kind of the same boat more for album of for the year. More people contributing, yep. So if last year there was only five people up right. there, or three people, whoever worked on Taylor's album, because she won album of the year... Well, if there were two other people that worked on that album, they also would be up there. Mm -hmm. Or if there were 50 people, they also would be up there. Um, So, and the rules for album of the year have changed as well. The eligibility. You have to have 75% of newly recorded music. There we go. So all of these vault singers that want to release music from their vault, and maybe it's only one or two tracks, if you're not releasing 75% new recorded music, then you will not be nominated. But actually, thinking about the Taylor Swift situation, mm-hmm. she's re-recording all of her albums right now. But she's re-recording. So I wonder if that will still what count, counts? because it's 75% of newly recorded music. Not right. right so the album, like I, I guess Fearless, that just came out, was fully re-recorded. Sure, sure. So, you know, it's always about paying attention to detail here, but you know, what do you think about some of those? It's um, interesting because I think, um, I think, um, awards ceremonies were created. Most award ceremonies and award categories were created pre the internet, yeah. pre the television, pre the digital streaming, streaming time, excuse me. So 
the world has changed significantly in theater, in film, in music, in everything. So, of course, the awards are going to change a little bit with who's eligible, who's not. It, it used to be like a long time ago, like maybe one person wrote a song and also sang that song. Yeah. And that still happens, and kudos to those people. But I think it's great that now you have more people involved, they should be eligible for awards too. I mean, there, it depends on your involved. If you're involved, yeah. If you're putting creative energy into something, of course, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, seeing change, I think one of the things the article said that the dance album is going to change to dance slash, slash electronic or something mm. because, yeah, that's a whole style of music, electronic. Yeah. Uh, has been for a while, so I'm glad that's getting well, It's just on. getting really condensing the category into one. But, right, you know, right. it's also interesting, like bringing up the TikTok stuff too is like, Music is like blowing up still on TikTok, and it's kind of like saying, "Well, is that translating into the Grammy Awards though?" Because you don't know where these songs are coming from. Are they even part of albums? Are they singles? But they're huge on the charts. I mean, you, we have a kids' TV show, right? The Backyard Again, right. that's literally charting right now right. because it's gone viral. But that's not going to be nominated at the Grammys because right. it's old. Yeah. But that's what's at the top of the charts right now. So right. it's super, It's super interesting to interesting. see that, like what comes back. Well, technically, when you look at like something like the Tony Awards, you have like Best Revival of a yeah. Play and Best Revival of a Musical. So like could something like the Grammys ever do, like if something was revived? I don't know. Maybe that'd they be should. Like, it'd be cool. Like what, that's, if, if it charts... In a why, way. And if it's an old song charting, maybe they're eligible for an award. Best revival of a song. Thinking about this not. a little bit, but like Taylor Swift is re-recording her albums. They're kind of like revivals. Yeah, it could be its own category. And she's doing new things to the music. So it's like, well, she can't go up against herself, but unless they just want to decide which is yeah. the best one. But then like how many artists are going to start doing that? Yeah. Like, Do we need everyone's catalog right. re-recorded? I don't know. Right. Anyway, interesting stuff there. Yeah. We'll see how it turns out and if how many more artists are mad next year when they're not nominated for something. Oh, but. <laughs> I know the whole thing. Every, every award, every, every category, people, there's always snubs, there's always yeah. people upset, but then there's always people happy, you know. So. Totally. All right, moving on to my next topic here. We're going to dancing. Dancing. Bob Fosse's dancing, and I say it with no G because there is no G in the title of dancing, according to this show. Bob Fosse's dancing is getting a revival for a 2022 to 2023 Broadway bow. So we got a little bit of time mm -hmm. before this, but Tony winner Wayne Salento was an original cast member of the 1978 production of Dancing. I, I want to keep saying dance. Dancing. And he will direct it. And um, as we know, Bob Fosse um, and his spouse, Gwen Vernon, have passed on. Um, but a new production of this Bob Fosse musical um, will come. So Tony Winter Wayne Salento, as I said, is um, going to, he was an original member of the production. He's going to direct this revival. Um, one of the producers attached is Nicole Fosse, who's Bob Fosse and Gwen Vernon's daughter. If you've seen Fosse Vernon on FX, the show um, about their life and their marriage and their careers, um, you know Nicole Fosse. So yes. she is producing it and she's attached as a producer. Um, Salento, just so you know, Wayne Salento, choreographer of Wicked yeah. and the Who's Tommy. Um, which that might be getting revival. I had heard soon. It was time. So. a great show. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Such a good show. Um, uh, it's going to have that Fosse feel. He said, it's going to have all the dancing bits and energy. What's cool about dancing. It's, it's kind of like a review show ish, but it's got a cool song list. It's got, it goes anywhere from Neil Diamond music to George M. Cohen music oh. and everything in between. Is it um, jukebox? Or? It's a I think it's a little bit, but it's all this dance. I, I have to do a little more homework on it. I know there's different songs from different people. Um, that they all do this Fosse style dance to. And it had a long run for four years on Broadway, 1978 to 1982. Um, 
I saw they tried to bring it back once before. But yeah, they did. They tried to bring it back at some point in 2009. It didn't reach the stage then. Um, the production received 77 Tony Award nominations, for, including Best Musical, and then Fosse's choreography won him his eighth win. So, um, Well, that's good to know. I think it's so cool because the thing with Fosse's style, Fosse is its own style. It's this beautiful, amazing, awesome, great style of dance. And when you see it in Cabaret and you see it in Chicago and you see it in Sweet Charity and you see it in Pippin and you see it in like a lot of places, it's really great and fun. I'm sure there's more. I hope I'm naming all these shows right. But you have to see that show to see the style. So to be able to see a review show where, well, do I want to go buy a ticket to see Chicago again to see Fosse? Or no, look, there's another show now we can go see. And I'm sure that's going to be awesome. I mean, Fosse, oh my gosh, I feel like he was ahead of his time. Like mm-hmm. if he came out today, with Fosse, we would have had even more of that jazzy, sexy, awesome, yeah. So it was cool to read that. I think the revival, when you see revivals of shows, you're like, okay. But then when you see a revival of this show, this was a big... Show it was a, it was an awesome review style show of all Fosse's yeah uh, works. So. I liked um, Wayne's quote where he said, "We plan on delivering a dance in that every that is every bit as electric and eclectic. Up, eclectic and uplifting as the original, full of all the inherent edginess, but is also relevant to the current era." Yeah, I think that's so. Important. I really that's that's always my number one takeaway on revivals is like I just hope you're doing a revival that brings it to today. I'm sure. I mean, in the article, and, and we can share this article, the Playboy article, there was a cast photo from the original production, yeah. and it was a black and white photo, and it's the whole cast. And I think one person of color, and everyone in there is male and female, but all white. So it's yeah. like, okay, I think we can really bring this to a modern space. Let's have a diverse representation. Let's show that Fosse is for every, not just every gender and every race, but all of her, maybe every body type, yeah. you know, every age. What's yeah. wrong with having someone in their 50s doing this show? It's maybe someone a little maybe heavier that's, overweight that's or tall and shorter. Be, that's I mean, also another thing probably that we're seeing going to happen on Broadway soon is like, let's be a little bit more body positive. Yeah, for sure. Do you know how many, I mean, listen, you, and, and, and listen, I'm sure this show is going to be a hard dance show, but body types of all types can dance like yeah. the Fosse dance. So I'm, I'm listen, dancing, it's coming, yeah. and I can't wait. Um, and it doesn't look like it's coming anytime soon. They said 2022 to 2023. So let's go. Let's do it. Let's have fun. Let's and and Nicole it. Fosse being attached, I will say this, Nicole Fosse being attached to it is important. Um, it's important. I always think it's really important to have someone who kind of, you know, like we, we could talk about this on another podcast, but they're, they're making the movie of Lucille Ball and, her husband, Lucille, Lucy and Desi's daughter, is involved in that too. So mm-hmm. I think it's important. You, these are the, this is a family thing, and 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 tell the story and let their your parents' legacy live on. And if you're going to produce it, kudos to you. So thank you. Joey Parnes is also as attached as a producer as well. So Joey Parnes and Nicole Fossey. <laughs> awesome. All right. We're to the rapid, rapid fire. Rapid fire time. Rapid, boop, rapid, boop, rapid, boop, rapid fire. What do we last, got first? The last part of our podcast, we go to rapid fire. Yeah, quick, quick facts <laughs> before we wrap up here. Um, my first one is Miss Britney Spears. Mm. Um, Once Upon a One More Time is getting a new out-of-town home. The Britney Spears jukebox musical, not a biopic, will debut in D.C. at the Shakespeare Theater Company. This will run from November 29th through January 2nd yeah. of this year. Um, not so, a biopic, as you said. Not so, a biopic. So music uh, of Britney to an original. I think it's an original story that flips the the fairy tale characters' story plots. A bit. <laughs> yes. All right. Super excited for that. Love love me some Britney. Yeah. I know that this was this potentially had oh, out of town in Chicago. It was going to be in Chicago. COVID delayed a lot of that. And then it was going to be on Broadway. Oh, it's going to DC first for the out of town. Yeah. Right. They had talked about it coming to Broadway. I hope it comes to Broadway um, after the DC. Yeah, I'm sure um, that's why they're probably still doing this. But yeah, I can't wait. 
wait to see how the story goes. It sounds a little head over heels this. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. I think it'll be yeah. fun. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, cool, Brittany. Um, going over to me next. Um, the Kennedy Center Honors yes. are 8 p.m. this Sunday at CBS and on Paramount+. Plus. It's interesting. They're usually in December. I guess they got bumped because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love, love, love the Kennedy Center Honors because I think it's an amazing opportunity for our nation to honor people who have strived in the arts. Mm-hmm. And you get usually four to five to six people every year, depending, who are nominated. It's such a high honor. And usually the president and the president's wife goes, and it's a, and you can go on YouTube and watch all the past. They've been doing this for many, many years. Um, the preview link came out of what they're going to be doing. It's going to air. Um, some different singers and dancers and performers are going to perform in honor of these people. And the people who are... Um, Kennedy Center honors this year are Debbie Allen, Joan Bays, Garth Brooks, Midori, and Dick Van Dyke. So, like, what diversity there, first of all? Like, am- like five amazing, amazing artists mm-hmm. doing their thing for, I mean, for some people, like, almost 100 years. Dick Van Dyke is li- literally in his 90s. Um, so, I can't wait to see that. I think there's going to be some wonderful performance. They're doing a whole Vanessa Hudgens uh, dance fame thing for Debbie Allen. They're doing a... Uh, Kelly Amazing Clarkson. Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, Kelly Clarkson, Dick Van Dyke, they're doing a dance tribute. They're doing a Kelly Clarkson singing for Garth Brooks. So tune into that if you can. We'll maybe talk about it next week on the podcast, CBS, this Sunday, 8 p.m., and on Paramount Plus as well for the Kennedy Center Honors. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Can't wait to see some of that stuff. Yeah, that's so. going to be amazing. Um, my next one is that Adam Lambert confirms he is working on a new musical. Mm. I know it's very vague, but um he's quoted saying that he's working on a musical it had been in the works a little before the pandemic but what i found that being at home that he was able to really focus on this musical um he did a lot of writing sessions via zoom with some amazing writers and producers he's like being on zoom isn't quite as magical as being in the room with people but we wrote some great songs so the musical is well underway and he's very excited about it um, he's not really ready to share details on what the musical is about, so this is a real big tease. But yeah, kind of kind of doesn't make sense to me. Like, just announce it when you have some more details. You know, we don't need to know everything, but well, just let yeah, us well, know what it's about at least. But sometimes when or... people announce things, now you're held accountable. So yeah, yeah right. So now everyone's hey, going to be asking Adam. Yeah, how about that musical. Yeah, like good for you. I think that's awesome. Like, what um, are you doing? He. Did he ever do a musical? No, I think there was a rumor that he maybe would go into Hedwig for a while, and he um, never did. And uh, I don't. But think he did do done. he did do the live um, Rocky Horror. Yeah, he's done some musical theater ish. I don't know. If and he's been performing with Queen. Yeah, Queen, while, which is probably so an awesome concert. Maybe he's so. working on a Queen musical. Yeah. Has there ever been a Queen musical? There might have been. Some work on that for next oh. time. We'll see. All right. Well. Um, <laughs> and last but not least, um, the play that goes wrong is co- returning this fall. It was just announced this week to Off Broadway. It was originally on Broadway. Won some awards. Went to Off Broadway in a smaller space. It will be returning. I bring this up today because I swear I think it was the fu- one of the funniest things I've ever one. seen. We went like, oh, okay, it's about this play and all. The- it's kind of like Noises Off ish. Because Noises yeah. Off is the original mishap play, I guess. Which that oh my gosh, we saw that revival and died laughing. So to see this, I remember getting to intermission and being like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I I just think that show is, if you're a theater person and you're a music person and you've done plays and you know what goes on backstage in community theater, high school theater, professional theater, doesn't matter. Go see that play. And the physical comedy of those performers, I mean, I'm like, go get your tickets and Richie, see it if you haven't seen it. It's very rarely that Richie and I are literally dying laughing in a show. Yeah. It's happened a few times. A few like, times, but... Bullets Over Broadway, we were dying laughing in. Oh, hello, we were dying yeah. laughing in. And this one, I remember... Oh, and, what, and disaster. We yeah, were, we were so... Oh, my God. But this 
when we were funny. we were laughing so hard. I think the people next to us were like, um, "Are you guys okay?" Yeah, it's just and it's, and what's I mean, kudos and God bless the stage manager of that show who's calling cues left and right for things going on. And I won't there's, ruin the ending. Right, but there's so many moments, so many things. It's like every three seconds, and it's and you would think maybe it's overwhelming, but it like so wasn't overwhelming. It was like perfect amount of like. Good old, like, just comedy. Like, slapstick physical comedy. Like, it was no no themes or no problem, no plot. Really, there's a plot, but it was, like, just, oh, my gosh. It was so funny. And they yeah. market it with mistakes <laughs> in there, like, the way, that, like, the playbills printed, like, crooked, like, yeah. purposely because it's all the play that goes wrong. So Super smart. Really, 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 really yeah. smart stuff. So, so anyway, anyway, nice. Oh, oh there it is. Nice. Half hour is coming to an end. Places calls. So this was a lot Places. of fun. We talked about, oh my gosh, what a wide array of things here today. Um, the world is opening, as we can see. Yes. And, and I think we will have more and more news of things returning, which is awesome. Yes. So, um, Can't wait to bring more cool entertainment to you all. Yes. So we thank you all so much for listening today. And we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Reminder, please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Music. Leave us a review if you love what you heard today. We also want you to join in on our conversation and engage with us. So please head over to our Instagram account, at Two Worlds Ent. That's at T-W-O-W-O-R-L-D-S-E-N-T. And comment on the latest post about this podcast episode. We'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. So some uh, more weekly scoop episodes coming up. Maybe some spotlights coming up soon. There's some new things coming out we'll be talking about. So mm-hmm. until next time, signing off for now, I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Ta-ta. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.